are starting another sermon series on the miracles of Elijah. Can you say with me? Miracles of Elijah. So after King Solomon, we know the history. The kingdom of Israel got divided into two, the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. The northern kingdom was continued to be known as Israel, the kingdom of Israel, and the southern kingdom was known as Judah, the kingdom of Judah. Amen. Elijah prophesied in the kingdom, in the northern kingdom, in the kingdom of Israel, or also it, is, it was known as the kingdom of Samaria, right? It was known as kingdom of Israel or kingdom of Samaria. So Elijah was prophesying in the northern kingdom between 904 BC and 850 BC. So during the reign of King Ahab, can you say Ahab, King Ahab? Some of you must be remembering him. Any of you remember his beautiful wife? Okay. So now Elijah suddenly appearing in 1st Kings chapter 17. If you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to 1st King chapter 17. Without much introduction, I just want to get into the scriptures now. Elijah is standing before King Ahab and he is declaring a drought across the nation of Israel as a punishment over King Ahab and Jezebel for spreading a cultic religion in the land of Israel. So Elijah, a man of God, you can imagine, he is just standing before King Ahab and he is about to declare a drought over the nation of Israel. So this morning I titled my sermon as Drought and Rain. Can you say that with me? Drought and Rain, one of the miracles of Elijah. God is preparing Elijah to declare a drought over the nation. You know, it's a mega scale. It's not just a small thing that he's talking about. He's talking about a drought shedding the heaven forever, for three years and six months at least. You know, as idol worship was flourishing in the nation everywhere, Ahab and Jezebel, they were spreading their cultic religion and the wickedness was everywhere. And God decided to bring punishment over the nation for the work, for the, because their hearts and their deeds turned away from God. Let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. If you read, let's read a couple of scriptures. 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 1. And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew, no rain these years, except at my word. Then the word of the Lord came to him saying, get away from here and turn eastward and hide by the brook Cherith, which flows into the Jordan. And it will be that you shall drink from the brook and I shall command the ravens to feed you there. A great God and a great man of God standing before a great king there. And Elijah had a word to say, and he said, he declared, in fact, saying, there shall not be dew nor rain these years. And the word of the Lord came to him and saying, you go and hide yourself. 
in the near the uh, brook Cherit. And you drink from it, and I will command ravens to feed you. That was instruction from God, and that's the situation right now there. Now, I want to take you to the New Testament, James, the author of the book of James. He writes, saying in James chapter 5, verses 17 to 18, he's quoting a, a statement, a verse from the Old Testament. James chapter 5, verse 17 to 18. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land. For how many days? Three years and six months. And he prayed again. And the heaven gave rain. And the earth produced its fruit. An amazing miracle of heaven being shut. And when we prayed again, heaven opened and James writes saying, Elijah was a man like us. And I was thinking, what really made Elijah special? That he could do something that probably today I can't do or you can't do. God can still do it. But we don't see that happening always, everywhere. But there is something happened at the time of Elijah and King Ahab, the heaven was shut. So I was just trying to understand what really made Elijah special and what we can do today if such a miracle had to happen in our lives and over our families and over our church and city, nation today, what, how it can happen. You know, that, that, that's being the objective of the sermon this morning. You may say he was a Old Testament prophet. God dealt with kings and prophets in the Old Testament in a different way. I certainly, 100% agree with you. You are right. Can God do such things today? Yes or no? Yes, God can do even today. So the best way to learn this miracle is to understand the miracle in its context. So as I was just preparing for this sermon, there are a couple of things that were running in my mind and that, helps us, help, that will help us to really know what is happening right there. Number one. We see a selfless motive there in that miracle. Can you say selfless? First of all, Elijah was not doing, performing this miracle with any selfish motive. There is no selfish motive behind this miracle. By declaring drought over Israel, Elijah is inviting trouble for himself. You understand? Elijah is inviting for trouble. King Ahab is going to kill him. Why the nation has to suffer. So absolutely there is no selfish motivation behind this miracle. We see faith in God, but that faith was not for his own gain. You know, today we don't see miracles because the moment we try to use that faith for our own gain, that's nothing to do with the kingdom of God. That's nothing to do with the miracle that God wants to perform on this land. We see faith in God, but we see the faith totally 100%. The faith is working towards what God wants to establish in his kingdom on the face of this earth. Miracles were not in favor of that particular miracle was not in favor of people, but it was in favor of God's kingdom. Can you say God's kingdom? You know, God is very particular about it. 
Today when God has to perform a miracle in your life and in my life, he wants to make sure that that miracle is something, in some way it is linked, it's associated with the kingdom of God. Today God brings people from, 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 uh, from not knowing Christ, from various bondages that they are living in, God recovers them and he brings people out of the darkness into the marvelous light for only one reason. What is the reason? To declare the praises of him. Amen? There is no other miracle. There is no other reason we see miracle perform, miracles performed here in this, in this section of the scripture. I want you to come with me to John chapter 14 verse 13. Jesus said these words. Can you read that with me? And whatever you ask... In my name that I will do that the father may be glorified in the son if a miracle is not meeting the requirement of the scripture that miracle is not from God amen if a miracle is not meeting the requirement that is laid down very clearly with the own words of Jesus. It is not a miracle that's something to do with the kingdom of God. God will do miracles when Father is glorified. Can I hear an amen? God, God doesn't do miracles when a man is glorified. When God does a miracle, when the, and in the midst of everything, the man is glorified, that miracle is not going to stay for long. God does miracles and wonders when the whole objective of the miracle is. Take any of the New Testament miracles. We see Jesus glorifying the Father in heaven. Jesus standing before the tomb of Lazarus, and he was just looking unto the Father. Father, do this miracle so that your name may be glorified. You know, he was very particular. Everywhere he went, he performed miracles only to glorify, bring glory to the Lord God. You know, today we see there are many miracles being performed. Even in our own life, we see miracles. We ask for miracles to happen. The question that we need to ask is, are we asking with a selfish motive? Or are we asking that miracle that's directly linked with the kingdom of God? Amen. Number two, ravens feeding Elijah. We see a supernatural provision there. But that's not the point there. That's not the miracle there. That's God's provision. Can you say provision? What was the miracle? Heaven is shut. That was the miracle. Ravens feeding Elijah is not a miracle. You know, today we see, you know, somebody preaching this section and highlighting God is able to provide you anything, everything. God is able to feed you. It's all good. But that's not the point there. The miraculous kingdom of God being established on the face of this earth. That's why we say when a sinner turned back to God, that is the ultimate miracle than receiving a healing in our body. Why? Because that's directly linked to the kingdom of God. You know where miracles happen? You know how miracles take place on the face of this earth? Elijah was not praying for his provision. Did he pray there? No. He didn't pray there. It's important that you need to pray for your need. But that's not the only objective there. Bible clearly says you don't really pray for your supernatural provision. It will be given. 
is something beyond this morning I pray that God may help us to see there is something beyond of what we need today in our lives that's the kingdom need Elijah with a vision he's able to see he's able to foresee what was the need of the kingdom in the sight of God what God is trying to do on the face of this year he did not worry about how he will be fed he did not worry about where he will survive where he will hide that was not the objective his main objective was God let your kingdom come let your will be done as it is done in heaven as it, let it be done on this earth We do what bring glory to God. But God's the responsibility is to provide you. Is to provide us. Today at times we lose the big picture. And we pray for our own blessings. Not, there's nothing wrong in praying for your own blessing. But we need to know. We as children of God, we need to know. Two years, three years, four years, five years, ten years, we are walking with the Lord. We have faith in God. Can you open your eyes to see what God has beyond sending the raven to your life? What God has beyond providing you what you need? Elijah, very happily he went to the brook chariot. And he was sitting there very happily. Because he doesn't need to do any work. I was asking somebody the other day, she was, she's studying for her MBBS. She's almost finishing and asked her, what, what's your ambition? What do you want to do after that? She said, I want to just take the minimum course that's required, you know, to qualify as a doctor. And then once I get married, I want to just sit at home and do the housework. I don't want to really work with patients. Then why do you want to become a doctor then? You know, many times we just... We just become comfortable with what we have. What we have in our lives, in our surroundings. Elijah was just the same way because he's just like a man like us. He went and he sat down there in the book of Church and there's fresh water, Spring Valley water is just flowing everywhere. He could drink fresh water and time to time, Raven comes here to feed. You know, what a blessed life it is, right? A man of God. Who's blessed in such a way? What a blessed man. And what the raven brought? Any idea? Meat. Meat and bread. That's what I wish. Elijah had to do no work. But Elijah never realized that the brook is going to dry. What happened? The brook dried out. I mean, that's what exactly happened. We pray for something and God gives that miracle and we put everything, our effort and our, our, our time, everything into it and suddenly we realize that's drying away. That's drying away. We thought that's permanent but looks like it's not permanent. We thought that sickness will not come again but looks like it's coming again. Why? Because we become comfortable sitting there, taking care. You know, many times we pray for babies. There is nothing wrong in praying for babies. But then once baby comes, everything, all our focus gets onto the baby. Forget God. Forget church. Forget the work of God. Forget the ministry. God cannot handle it. We need blessings but what, what do we really need the blessings for? For the kingdom to flourish. 
Elijah never realized that brook is going to dry. But the one day the brook dried. The material blessing is gone. And God was teaching him, keep your eyes fixed on me. Not on the raven, it's not going to come again. Not on the brook, there is no water flow in the brook anymore. Take your eyes, keep your eyes fixed on me. The miracle there was not raven bringing food, not the provision of God. Provision comes anyway. It has to come. I want you to know the blessings that you need in your life, it will come anyway. You do the work of God. You think about what you can do for the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. Can you read that together? Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and this righteousness. Now all these things shall be Add it to you. You don't need to even ask for it. You do what you need to do. And all these things will be added. Your studies, your proper match in the right time in your life, your future, the blessing that you need, the financial blessing that you need, any kind of blessing in the settlement that you need in your life. You seek the kingdom first. And the rest will happen by itself. You don't need to take, you don't need to fast and pray for that. God will do it. If you do, if you, you know, we always say, if you take care of, if you care for his business, he's going to care for your business. It's a deal. It's a mutual understanding with God. And God wants us to know, raven feeding Elijah was not the miracle. Number three, Elijah could have, could stop heaven but realized he couldn't protect himself. Elijah could shut the heaven. What a powerful man of God. But he could not protect himself. Our divine assignment on the face of this earth never cancels the fact that we are ordinary people. Somebody is trying to show up as something extraordinary, that's a hype. It's not the truth. You don't need to show up extraordinary. You don't need to keep away from people that, you know, thinking that your anointing will get corrupted. No, 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 it's all wrong. Your divine assignment never cancels the fact that you are an ordinary human. Elijah was on a divine assignment, but he was just like an ordinary person like you and me. That's what James writes. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. Nothing special. Then he had a vision to see that what God is doing in, in, on the land. That's how we need. You know, many times we ask God, Lord, I'm a child of God. Why is it happening to me? I'm following you, Lord. My family has been praying every day. Every night we have family prayer in our family. Lord, why it had happened to me? I'm going to church regularly. I'm giving and supporting. Lord, I know you, Lord. I follow you. I understand you. I love you from the bottom of my heart, Lord. Why such things happen to me? The answer is, we are ordinary. Only God is extraordinary. Can I hear an amen? We are ordinary. Only God is extraordinary. We are just ordinary vessels, instruments, and tools in the hands of God. And what a blessing it is 
to be an instrument in the hand of God to encourage somebody, to, to, to bring somebody to the presence of God, to touch, lay your hands and pray for somebody and bring healing to their life. What a blessing to be an instrument in the hands of God. But never forget that we are just an instrument in the hand of God. God can decide when to use and when not to use. We can't do anything. I want to turn you to a beautiful scripture by Solomon, Ecclesiastes chapter 9. Let's read verses 2 and 3. You just read the scripture very close because there is so much treasure in that, this scripture. Can you read that very closely, slowly? All things come alike to all. One event happens to the righteous and the wicked. To the good, the clean, and the unclean. To him who sacrifices and him who does not sacrifice. As is the good, so is the sinner, he who takes an oath, and he who fears an oath. Verse 3. This is an evil. Next slide. This is an evil in all that is done under the sun, that one thing happens to all. That's an answer to your question. You have question is, Lord, why this is happening to me? And that scripture gives an answer. Whatever happens to the ungodly, it also happens to the godly. God is again trying to help us to realize that we are not different. We are just ordinary. There is nothing, nothing, nothing wrong in going and mingling with those who need Christ because they, need, they are just like us. We are not special other than the one who is special who is residing inside of us. Other than that, there is nothing special in our lives. That means there is no room for us to brag. There is no room for us to say that I am standing on my strength. We need to depend on God for everything. We need to depend on God for everything. Elijah could stop the heaven, but he had to run for his life. Let's fast forward to three and a half years now, okay? We are going to 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 46. Let's read those scriptures. 1 Kings chapter 18, verses 41 to 46. Shall we read that together? Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundance of rain. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel. Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. I want you to imagine that position that Elijah was in while praying. Verse 43, and said to his servant, go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. And seven times he said, go again. Verse 44, then it came to pass the seventh time he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. So he said, go up, say to Ahab, prepare your chariot and go down before the rain stops you. Verse 45. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. So Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the hand of the Lord came upon Elijah and he girded up his loins and ran ahead of Ahab to enter to the entrance of Jezreel. What an amazing story. Three and a half years later, 
Elijah said to King Ahab, get ready. I could hear the sound of abundance of rain. My fourth point is where did the sound of abundance of rain come from? Three and a half years there was no rain. People even forgot what rain was. They had no idea. What are you talking about? What is rain? We have never seen that for the last three and a half years. I almost forgot how a rain looked like, looks like. I don't have any idea. So where did that sound of abundance of rain come from? Because Elijah said, go up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. After three years and six months, one fine morning, Elijah got up and said, Ahab, get ready now. Are you with me? I'm just telling a story. It's not a message. I'm just telling you a story now. So Ahab gets ready. Why did the sound come from? There was no rain for us. I said three years and six months. Suddenly, how could Elijah hear the sound of abundance of rain? Now I was just spending some time to understand and I realized he had something different that I don't have today. He had the eyes of faith. Can you say eyes of faith? And years of faith. Amen? Years of faith. So it looks like Elijah had eyes of faith and years of faith. What are they? They really helped him to look into something which had never happened, which is yet to happen, but he is able to visualize, he is able to see, he is able to hear that it is on its way. Amen? How many of you are with me this morning that you have been praying for something? Are you able to hear that sound? Are you able to see that that's coming? Are you able to visualize that what you have been praying for is on its way? Amen? Are you lost your faith? Are you gave up already? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, But without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is present, he is there, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Eyes to see and ears to hear what is going to come. You know, this morning, that's what God is exactly expecting in your life. You have been praying for many times, many years. But God wants you to have that eyes to see what is on the way. God wants you to have the ear. Elijah had that ear because that's the reason he's able to say, I'm able to hear the sound of abundance of rain. And he declared that to King Ahab. Not only he heard, not only he saw, even he is declaring. And this morning God is telling you, let your mouth start declaring that what has to happen in your future. You know, many times we talk negative about our future. He may say, that, oh, I tried all the things and I prayed and prayed, but nothing is happening. Lord, what is going on? We don't see that in the man of God. We don't see that in the, in, in the life of Elijah. He has a vision and he was staying positive in the midst of all these challenges. And he's still able to see and declare what is on the way. A true child of God who has connection with the God will be able to hear the voice of God. Amen. Can I hear an amen? Whether God speaks today, yes, he speaks. Yes, he speaks. What we declare is going to happen. Because words are important. Words have power. Bible repeatedly says your word has power. 
and what is your vision for your future are you thinking about your future are you thinking about just current what is the vision that we have today god wants us to hear and see you know many times we don't want to hear from god and we don't want to see because we are not sure if it is from god amen many times we have that fear inside of us what will happen if it is not from god i'll help you how did elijah know that the sound of abundance of rain was from god how he knew simple when your motives are selfless when you depend on god for everything not depending on your own strength not sitting in your comfort zone not seeking after the worldly blessing and thinking that that is a miracle you can't hear anything other than the voice of god i'll repeat that again when you are selfless in your motives when you are worried about always the kingdom of god what will benefit the kingdom of god when you are not depending on your own strength for every day you need to depend on ravens to come god had to send ravens towards you and not you are not sitting in your comfort zone you are not idling you are just working hard you are trying to achieve something in your life you are not really running behind worldly blessing even though you need worldly blessing you have a vision for the kingdom of god what do you want to do the kingdom of god when you have such things in your life you will never go wrong what you hear will be the voice of god your selfish motives make you hear from other sources there is no doubt about it the moment we become selfish we tend to think that you know we need that we need that we need that and we can go away from god we may not listen to the voice of god the moment you take self out of it it is only god and god will do what he needs you to do in your king in his kingdom philippians chapter 2 verse 13 shall we read the scripture beautiful scripture philippians chapter 2 verse 13 for it is shall we all read together for it is oh we don't have that philippians chapter 2 verse 13 Sorry, I probably didn't put that. So I'll read that for you. Philippians two thirteen says, "For it is God who works in you, both to will and to do, for His good pleasure." Are you with me? Can someone, one of you, repeat that? What I said? No, right? You didn't listen. Okay, let's listen again. For it is God. Can you repeat that for me? For it is God who works in you, both to will. and to do for his pleasure what does it mean what does it mean for it is god who works in us for two things both to desire and to do for his good pleasure for whose good pleasure for god's good pleasure when we have that in mind we can never go wrong number 5 Elijah told Ahab to get ready. I could hear the sound of abundance of rain, but where Elijah went? To where? To bed? To Oh. To the Mount Carmel, right? That's where Elijah went. He told him, rain is coming, rain is on the way. But now what? You know that's the struggle of a man of God, a child of God. You pray for somebody and say that God will heal you, but then you know you go home and you will have sleepless nights, right? 
what will happen if god doesn't heal <laughs> right you may say that, okay in, on the eighth day it's going to happen to you and then if that doesn't happen what will happen so elijah the same situation because he's just like us he told ahab come on get ready i could hear the sound of abundance of rain you get ready and just run because the rain is going to come now where's the rain Elijah went back. Let's read that scripture again, if you can put that back. Um, uh, First Kings chapter 18, verses 1840-42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. Then he bowed down to the ground. Just try to understand his posture, praying posture. And put his face between his knees. Can you do that? I mean, some of us cannot really obviously do it, right? You can't even bend. Sometimes children will come and ask you. I don't know whether your children come and ask you. Dad, can you bend and touch your toes? You should go home and ask your parents, okay? Ask your dad especially. What you should ask? Dad, can you bend and touch the toe? So what Elijah is doing right now? Elijah put his face, knees knelt down, and he put his face between the knees. What's wrong with Elijah now? And he was praying. He was praying there. So miracles need to be prayed for. Miracles won't just happen just like that. At least we understand from the life of Elijah, miracles need to be prayed for. First King 18, 42, I think that's what we read. For Elijah's vision to come true, he must pray about it. For your vision to come true, you must pray about it. Not just an ordinary prayer. Prayer that requires him to bow down, bending his knees, and putting his face between his knees. What does it show? Humbleness. Humility keeps us in the center of God's will. Listen to me. Humbleness and humility keeps us in the center of God's will. Pride and ego takes us away from God's will. How do you make sure that you are doing God's will? Look at Elijah. He wants to make sure he does what God wants him to do. Humbleness and humility gives us courage to accept the will of God, whatever it may be in our lives. Always will of God is not according to what you need. Will of God is many times, will of God is different from what we need, what we desire. Because it is not our will, it is God's will. Of course, God puts his desire in your heart. If you are selfish, selfless, sorry, selfless, and you are trying to follow him and depending on him he puts his thought but then when it comes true it may be something different humbleness and humility gives us courage to accept God's will sometimes we are threatened with deadly diseases and sicknesses in our lives and we question and we pray to God and God I'm really terrified to see and to go to know what I'm going through right now. And we also make a prayer, God, if it is your will, if you think that I need to go through what I'm going through, give me strength, give me courage, I will handle it. 
I will handle it. Humbleness and humility give us courage to accept God's will. As all, we, all of us know, there are three answers to prayer. Answer to prayer can be yes. Answer to prayer can be no. And at times even God may be silent. Humbleness and humility are required to accept what this God's will to our lives. And pride and ego will make us afraid of accepting God's will. We say we don't want this. I can't handle it. I don't want this in my life. But instead God is expecting us to be humble and accept what is will of God. That's what Elijah is doing. For what God spoke to come true, we need to humble and pray. Not one time. How many times he prayed, Elijah? Seven times he prayed. And every time he's tested whether the prayer is answered. But no. Seven times he prayed. This morning I'll ask you a question. You know, God had given you a vision. God had given you a vision to start something in your life. To start a charity to somebody. To help somebody. Start a business. To be a blessing for somebody. Start a ministry so that God can use you. You prayed about it once, twice and thrice. And you just left it and decided that this is not the will of God. And this is not for me. If I would have done that, I would not have come to this business at all. God wants us to pray and God wants us to get that confirmed. And in fact, God wants us to pray until we receive the ones we know that that's the will of God. And we see this man of God prayed for seven times. Why he was so persistent? He had no selfish motive there. Why he was so persistent, he knew it's God's voice is what he heard. Why he was so persistent, he knew God and he's doing, he's in the agenda of God's business on the face of this earth. He's doing this because he wants to see the entire Israel turning back to the living God. We need to pray until our vision comes true. Finally, six, number six, Elijah still had to run to Jezreel. When rain came, are you with me? When rain came, Elijah was not teleported from Mount Carmel to Jezreel. It would have happened. But that did not happen. Jezreel is around 50 kilometers away from Mount Carmel. Elijah had to run all the 50 kilometers. A man who could shut the heaven, a man could open the heaven. Now he, we once he was afraid of his life and now he had to run. And he told Ahab, you get ready and you run. You, you, you ride your chariot and Ahab was advancing. He was just going to Jezreel. And Elijah had to gird up his loin and he had to run. Elijah never asked a question. God, can you put a shelter here? Like Jana? Can you make a shelter here so that I can hide in the shelter from the rain? He didn't ask anything. He was just getting ready to run. Do you think that God had no power to do that? No, God could have easily done. God could have easily lifted, teleported, you know, his man of God from one place to the other place. God looked at his attitude. 
You know, there are many times God looks at our attitude. There are times that we feel tough. There are times we find it difficult to handle the situation. God looks at our attitude. Elijah had a perfect attitude. Never complained. Never murmured. And he was not afraid to run. And Bible clearly says, when he started running, God kept his hand upon Elijah. Still he was running. Still he was running. But running ahead of the chariot. You know, that's what is a miracle. That's how God does. God works in your life. God doesn't do. God cannot push your land, pull your land, pull your leg and, you know, make you to put another step. God will never do it. God wants you to take that step. When you take the step, God will lay his hand upon you and he will bless you. God wants you to take a step. You know, today our problem is we are just like Elijah. We, we are hesitating, not even like Elijah. He was just willing, but then at times we are not even, we are so rigid, we don't even move. We don't want to even take a step. When we are willing, when our attitude is right, not asking hundred questions to God, not going to hundred pastors and asking them to lay their hands and pray and tell me what is God telling you. Instead, willing to do what God wants him to do. And when he took a step, we see God's powers manifested in his life. That's what exactly happens in our lives. God spoke to the people of Judah. Let's read the scripture and close. Isaiah chapter 1 verses 19 and 20. God says, he's specifically speaking to his own people and this is what God says. And God is telling the same thing to us. If you are willing and obedient, can you say that willing and obedient? Two requirements. If you are willing and if you are obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. But if you refuse and rebel, you shall be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Willing and obedient. God wants us to be willing and obedient. Shall we all rise as we close? just want to quickly summarize. When our motives are selfless, when we depend on God for anything to happen in our lives, not depending on our own strength, we can't hear anything else other than the voice of God. Once you hear the voice of God, we need to humble ourselves and we need to pray for the vision to come true. And that vision doesn't come just like that. We need to take a step of faith. We should be obedient and willing to do what God wants us to do. When we do these things, we see the vision coming through in our lives. Shall we close our eyes this morning?